If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to We Say Things, episode 98, powered by Elgato. Our good friends are back at it again. Remember, there's a link in the description of the VOD, aka the YouTube video, with the Wave 3 microphone, which we are both using right now, which I personally love. It's the best USB mic I've ever had, not just memeing. Yep. I talked about this last time, but had a professional setup, and it sounded worse than this somehow. So kudos to Elgato. They have a lot of cool products. So again, check out that link in the description to check out their array of things. I have a Stream Deck as well, which is God tier. They have a lot of cool lighting stuff. Uh, yeah. They have the most unique brand, I feel like. I really, I've always liked Elgato, so really happy to have them on board. So appreciate that, friends. Uh, so with that, let's uh, get on to the patrons, as we have a very big episode today, Cinderman. Would you like to take the first half or the second? Uh, I can take the first half. Why not? Let's, let's get all, Oh my god, some of these names. Okay. Let's get started. Uh, thank you to the Inverush tier. A vegetarian cultist here to beat Sunsven with a mozzarella stick. That's delicious. Need more dragons, demons, and or wizards after the anime? Try Terra Arcanum Dragon Knight. I wonder if this person actually has some sort of stakes in that book. Maybe but... he's the author. Yeah, maybe. Telkontar Prime. How much for a pint of Sinran's bathwater? Uh, you can send me a message on Twitter. If, if Dragon's Blood doesn't have Arteezy memes, is it even really about Dota? When Sinran was screwing... When screw, screw okay, let's try that again. When Cinnamon <laughs> was screaming, "Show me the money!" in Jerry Maguire, I almost collapsed because I was so into the performance. Do you understand Thank that you. reference at all? I get it. Shakar, Boyko Ustavka Mutro, the Mega Pope, trolling trolls while trolling for trolls. Ti in New Zealand. Thinking you could make a tongue twister with my name in it. Trolls. They're probably hoping that you had to do this one, actually. That's true. Jan Xavier, Suns Fan Pudge Omegalol, Nate Thicko 01 Hamscroats misses Fellowship of the Ping and thinks they should come back as Return of the Ping. Bacon, no, not that bacon, the other bacon. Also, thank you to thanks for being concerned about my well-being, Cinderin, and as a sign of peace, I will lose a I will use a 50-pound shovel to smack your ass. Lick. Here. This is sponsored, by the way. Lick, Shark TM, Novi Panda, Dop, Eating Chosnek Makes You Happy and Healthy, Underscore Man, Spreading COVID-19 at Alarming Rate by Attending the Weekly Ben Alliance Meetings, Pitch Black, Still. Wooden Aftertaste, Done Talk, Dyslexic Lawyer, Anonymous, Peter Enjoying My Horse Eye Vaseline in the Privacy in My Living Room, Living Room Niebling, Niebling? I, I actually don't even remember anymore. Niebling. And Ronnie Keel. Thank you, friends, for being our amazing patrons. Appreciate that. 
Okay, Sindarin, uh, I just have one small segment before we actually get started with the episode, and of course, it's the NBA Facts, your favorite, everyone's favorite oh, segment yes. of the Let's podcast. Uh, last week, I mean, are we considering your last week's performance a success? I asked about traveling. That you, is probably going to be as good as it's going to get. That was like a 50% correct answer, so I guess we'll keep that as a win. Eh, it was better than 50. All right, what is, this is a new, this is another very basic rule in basketball. And we're just going to go by NBA rules here, not going to college okay. or Euro or anything like that. What is a charge? Uh, it's when you pay to get a ticket to get to the game. Within, that's actually technically correct. Um, that's not what I was going for. Well, I mean... You're, you're charged money. I understand where you're going with that. That's the... I'm not going to accept that as a correct answer, but I appreciate... That's in the NBA. Yo, <laughs> you can't... No, that's not... Okay, we're talking about playing basketball, not dark. spectators coming in. Mic. All right, you're, you're doing just great. So you can listen to me as I explain the very basic rule of charge. So essentially, it just means you can't run over another person as you're driving the ball. But... The person has to be standing still, and they have to take the contact in the chest. Okay, that's the rule. Now, if you look at NBA, uh, like the actual courts in the NBA, they differ from other ones. You might see like this little semicircle that's in the key. Could have made that another uh, potential question in the future. Too late. Uh, that means if you're standing in that area and somebody knocks you over, even if you're standing still, it is not a charge. Now, what's the opposite of a charge, Cinderin? Uh, cashback? It is called a block. Not oh. to be confused with a block. There's two blocks. And that would have been good, too. It's a blocking foul. You're, you're getting there. You're, you're doing great, Cinder. Let, let us know how much you hate this segment in the YouTube comments. Appreciate it, everybody. I'm pretty sure that a lot of the comments will say I answered the question correctly. And if you wanted a different answer, you should have asked the question differently. So I just need to specify a little bit. I mean, that's fine. If people want to go down that road, that, that's fine with me. Just just let us know in the comments. Being uh, technically correct is also being correct, Shannon. That's it's actually the best kind of correct. So. <laughs> eh, beg to differ. Okay, let's get started. So there was an enormous patch. Well, I shouldn't say enormous, but a pretty big patch. New big. player experience has arrived, Sindarin. And we're just gonna kind of go off of their big blog post. Like in, we're gonna segment it a bit. We can group up a few things based on how you want to talk about them. Uh, but a new player experience is now available within the game itself, which is awesome to see. Uh, they have, again, just going to go off like the big sections that they have. They have a streamlined shop for newer players that kind of just makes it a little bit more basic. Uh, new player objective. So this one, we can talk about this a bit. It's essentially like, I don't want to call them mini games, but it's kind of like you have to do something in game, but it takes like two minutes to do typically like stack a camp or... Just move your hero, essentially. Just very basic stuff, and you get achievements for doing so. So they have a bunch of these in the game, which I think is really good. Uh, you might remember our pitch to Valve a long time ago. This was like part of it, right? This is what I had envisioned. Of course, yeah. Uh, it was technically, you know, if they wanted to spend more time, it would be a lot more advanced, but understandably why they didn't. Uh, so what did you think of this new player objectives section? Did you try it out? I think I think it's a really good like how to explain it. So when you have a game that's this complex and has this much depth, I think it's really good to 
have people feel like they slowly get a grasp of concepts and giving some sort of reward back, not just so that there is like, it's just an, you're just inciting people. You're like motivating them to go and try to learn these things. Mm -hmm. And it feels like, it feels like you're taking steps to learning the game and not that you just get thrown in, have to learn literally everything at once. And there's like no immediate satisfaction of figuring out a concept or getting better at the game. Right. Apart from you getting better, there's nothing. Right. Uh, just getting small cosmetics, getting a currency, getting whatever it is, is a really good way to draw in players because then they get a little bit more invested in the gameplay experience. They feel like they've gained something. Uh, this is something that basically every mobile game ever uses and a lot of other PC games. And yeah, we talked about this many episodes ago that we thought Dota should have something like this. Um, I still would be a big fan of it having some sort of uh, giving the player a reason to log in and play at least one game every day. I still mm -hmm. think that would be something really good. Dota Plus has a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's only Dota Plus then. So it's only for the paying players. And a lot of players play without Dota Plus. Um, you could probably introduce something there as well that would uh, motivate people to, to be a bit more active. But, yep. I agree. Uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, like the system they have in place is pretty elegant. Um, it's basic by nature, but I think that's not necessarily a negative at all. I, that's fine. I basically what I was talking about when I pitched back way back in the days, you have this implementation and then you have like a leaderboard and actual more mini game style uh, things that current players can take part in. Like it's something you can play while you queue up, for example, uh, and then maybe a little bit more story based missions, but Overall, this is pretty like the, the first thing that you click on in this is like a video that shows you what Dota is. That's a video they made. I can't remember what TI that was posted. It's like TI6, TI7, something like that. Yeah, it's pretty old. And I remember back then, like, this is a, actually a really good video. It's like super basic. Obviously, they can't go into detail about that. But I'm surprised they didn't put that in the game like five years ago. Because, yeah. like, a lot of people look at this and like, oh, that's a new video. No, that is not a new video. They've had that for a while, but it's really well made. Uh, so, yeah, overall pretty happy with that stuff so you kind of mentioned that you get new player rewards uh so some shards for dota plus uh in addition to some basic cosmetics anything stand out for you because the kraken shell tidehunter back piece that's a classic yeah. that is actually a classic still use that to yeah. this day so that's nice to see uh i um, feel like they could have put a terrain in like even if it's just the meh terrain i feel like that would have been a good addition just stuff that kind of spices up Thanks for newer players, you know? Um, yeah, but at the same time, maybe the thought process would have been... I mean, I know it's the player's own choice whether they want to put on the terrain or not, but I think it's one of those things where maybe you want to be a bit more experienced in the game before you change the terrain, or it's just going to confuse you a lot yeah, that I things look different. So maybe maybe that was a deliberate choice, and they discussed it, and they felt like just changing a single hero or changing the courier, the voice... Oh, in that is, case, cursors would have been nice. I would give up that. revenue for my Centaur cursor any day, Valve, any day. Uh, but probably the crowning jewel is the final thing, which is the Axe Announcer Pack. Uh, it's, it's a solid one. It's not the best one by any means, but giving it away for free, I think that's fine. Uh, you also get the Dolphrat Courier. I forgot about that. That's actually a legit courier. So Pier one. Very nice to see. Uh, they also came out with a glossary, which this was impressive. This one I personally did not think of. Uh, but it makes a lot of sense to just have literally, I mean, it's not like it's unique by any means, but it's very in-depth. They have basically every single mechanic that's important in the game that you can just look up on the fly with a search bar and all that good stuff. 
Um, yep. Which, honestly, a lot of veteran players could probably use this as well from time to time in case they forget because the mechanics change all the time. The real question mark is, will Valve update these, all this stuff? That's the question. Yeah. Now, I'm sure some of it's automated, probably. Mm. But still, like the tutorials, for example, will you actually update those if something... What if they get rid of TP scroll? What happens to the TP mission? You know, just as a random example. Yeah. Uh, they have a new player mode that they instituted as part of this. It's kind of like the limited hero pool that they had from before. So if you're a newer player, it kind of just limits your options. So just gives some more like basic nature to the way that the game is played. Um, so mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong about this new player mode, but you still have this. How many games is it you need to play in order to play ranked? Is it 100 still? I don't know. There's like a level, there's like a number of games played barrier before you can play ranked. I would imagine new player mode does not count toward that because uh, this new player mode has a limited hero pool and you can leave anytime with no penalty, which is right. really special for Dota that there's no penalty at all. And I think that's a really good way of letting people just dip their toes in the water here if the games don't count towards being able to play ranked. Because if they did, People that are looking to still try to abuse the system would just play these games right and stomp them because yeah. they would be faster and they can For make sure. people leave. <laughs> so I believe you, they don't count. you play against other people imagine. that are also playing the new player mode. And like you said, you can leave at any time. And if you do leave, you're replaced by a bot. So right, it's 100 hours, nice. Chad is saying, not 100 games. So yeah. Hopefully, this doesn't count for that game time, I suppose, just to remove any reason for people that are trying to play a new account. Uh, when I say that, that is experienced players making a secondary account to get them out of these games. Right? Mm. Uh, but I love the initiative, and I think this is a good way of doing it. I think allowing players to leave is actually good here. I think that's a very good decision. That was probably not... I would imagine that wasn't just an easy one to make or that they just flat out all agreed that this is great, let's just do it. Mm. Uh, there might have been some discussion there, but I like it, at least. Next up, concede mode. I'm going to start pushing for this again. I've been back and forth, Cinderin. Mm-hmm. I think I'm ready for I don't give a shit about other people. I want to concede mode. I know it doesn't matter for pro players because they give yeah. up and sit in the fountain anyway, but just throwing it out there. Um, so in addition, we talked about how the bots replace them. They've improved the bots. So that's good to see. Uh, they've added in-game wizard tips, which the I saw this on Reddit as well after I thought of this. I'm like, the first thing I thought of, and this is aging me quite a bit, Microsoft Clippy. Does that ring a bell for you, Cinderin? Yes. I love that movie. Okay. Wow. We're on the same page for sure. But you see this little wizard. Uh, I remember frat. Clippy. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you use computers back. I mean, you've, I, to my knowledge, the only thing you use a computer for is to play Dota. Like, I don't know what else you do with your life. I, Shannon, I have an education and I grew up writing on computers okay of so course i know clippy so you say my my og friend my only friend in dark times <laughs> could always open up microsoft word when i was having a bad time and then i could always talk to clippy oh. and whenever clippy was being a little bit too sassy i could just remove him yeah. unlike people from my real life you well, you can do that technically but it might be illegal where you come from but uh, Clippy, unfortunately, was uh, removed permanently, which made a lot of people, including myself, very sad. Does not no longer exists. If you're interested in what Clippy looks Why like, did they I remove encourage Clippy? you to Google it. I, I'm not sure, actually. I think he might have turned into a serial killer, so they had to just oh 
you know, part ways with him. Kind of like the Jared from Subway deal, except a little bit of a darker road there. So mm. uh, they have that. They have a new player chat where basically only new players will be able to chat with each other. And then certain members of the good group, people with good scores, what is it called? The uh, What is the good? What is that called? Behavior score? Yeah, good behavior scores get to chat with them. So that's a nice little addition there from Valve. This one is by far the best, though. Flexible coaching. I don't know if you've partaken in this activity. But it's pretty... Re- okay, so there's a couple bad things, but overall, pretty rewarding. You can... Essentially, if you're playing, you can say, I'm looking for a coach. And if somebody is X amount higher than you, they're able to coach you. So you can't be coached by somebody that's worse. Uh, right. Essentially, you be able to voice chat with them, talk with them via text, and your teammates won't be able to hear it. So it's a little bit different than the coach that queues up with like a whole uh, team or whatever. Now, which means this works in ranked, technically speaking. Now, the problem is there's a lot of Smurfs, and we'll get to this in just a moment, but uh, a couple of people I coached that were heralds were not heralds. <laughs> so I coached a bunch of people that were Smurfing to win their game. I don't know what to do about that. Uh, but overall, it it is a good system, and I got a lot of good feedback from people saying, oh, I, I appreciate this so much. That's so cool of you to stick with me through the game, blah, blah, blah. So uh, I think it's rewarding. But speaking of rewards, you're not given anything for doing this. Do you think right. something should be given? Because I, I feel more strongly about this than whatever we've talked about in the past, like the Overwatch stuff, because that's volunteer or whatever. Mm-hmm. This one is you're actively helping somebody in a game. And if you do a good job, you should be rewarded somehow. Yeah. If, uh, if you can't choose who you get to coach, I would say yes. You okay. would have to be assigned to someone you don't know. Because if you can just coach your friends all the time and just farm items or whatever, then people mm-hmm. will just join as coach on games and do nothing. So then they don't add any value. They're just abusing the system, right? So you need to make it so that mm-hmm. you have to get a good review from somebody you don't know. And you would not get that unless you're actually doing something for them, right? Um, I would true. imagine on average, at least. Yeah, right now you can definitely see the person's name. You can see their rank if there is one. Uh, you can, but you can even just go played. and choose to coach someone in your friends list, right? Yes, I believe so, yes. So in that case, yeah, it would defeat the purpose in that situation. Yeah, you have to make some um, I have one thing about this that I don't like, and I just want to make sure if I understand it correctly. So when you're coaching someone with this, it's just like you're coaching, like you see what they see in the game, right? You have free camera. Yeah. Yeah, you have free camera. You don't have player perspective. So technically, you are two players playing the map at the same time. And that means the coach can help call missing heroes. The coach can help call runes or call, you know, whatever. Which Mm -hmm. would be, I guess it's the same as if a person was standing next to you live and just telling you what to do, right? So it's not really... Eh, it's a little different. Like if you have player perspective, that's the same. As somebody over your yeah, shoulder. Yeah, true. Actually true. Free so camera, this is a you bit... can physically look elsewhere. But you've been able to do this for a long time, right? You could just coach your friend for ages, right? You could queue with a coach friend and queue ranked. Or could you not have a coach in ranked? You can't have a coach in ranked, but you can. if you have Dota Plus, you can watch a friend live and then just talk with them in Discord or something like that, right? Yeah, that too. Yeah. So, so it's kind of been available around. for a while to do this. Um, it's a little bit... It's like... 
does it really matter? I suppose, right? It's like, how much is that going to make a difference? But if you want to be really picky and nitpicky about it, technically this gives you a ranking advantage yeah. if you coach your friend because you can call things live that they can't see themselves with their player perspective. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like, whatever. I'm right. sure there's some ways to kind of, you know, address that, but It should overall, be extremely minimal anyway. And yeah, I don't think it's that yeah. big of a deal. Whatever. But either way, I think some rewards should be given. Uh, and I think there were some issues with sometimes connecting to a game uh, or sometimes the person that you're trying to talk to literally never responds and you feel bad leaving because you don't want a bad score. It's a binary system. It's either good or bad. There should be something in the middle uh, at the very least. Uh, but overall, this is the best addition they made to the game, in my opinion. Uh, it's, it's quite good. Just a couple more tweaks will make it really good. Okay, going forward, a couple really small things, but uh, I guess this one's worth mentioning. Dota Plus is given to new players for, is it a month? Two months. Two free months of Dota Plus, which is why those shards actually mean something for those little mini games. Uh, okay, so that is the new player experience in a nutshell. And, oh, we'll skip this one and we'll talk about the smurfing in just a moment. But the Dota website has been fully updated. And my understanding, well, I don't have, I don't know this for sure, but I'm assuming that it is kind of automated. So if there's a new hero, uh, if skills change, it should just change automatically. But the website looks way better. Actually has like all the heroes. I don't think it has items though, which is kind of weird. So hopefully they add that in the future. Yeah, I'm assuming they'll put that in there. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's the new player experience. So overall, very, uh, very happy with what Valve came out with. Um, and being honest, we're also surprised, right? Because a lot of people have started... Oh, well, I don't know if we're... Yeah, a lot of people were like, okay, are they even working on this new player experience? Because it's been how long since they announced it? How delayed can it be? Did they just give up? Um, and since they didn't really update on it, it kind of came out of nowhere. So I guess to me, it was surprising that this just suddenly was there. I'm not surprised that they were working on it, but I didn't think they were just going to release it now, even though obviously it was the good time because of the anime and everything. Um, but it's nice they did. I thought it was going to be like we talked about in previous episodes. I thought it was a really good opportunity to make some sort of custom event mm. to get new players to be interested in that. Um, but this is also great. It's like a, it's more of a like core game functionality that they've added. So it's good. Yep, I good agree. Okay, so next thing, and I'm just gonna read it verbatim. Banning mm -hmm. Smurfs, even the most fairly matched games of Dota can spiral out of control, and no one wants the extra burden of playing against Smurfs. In the past, we leaned heavily on attempting to detect Smurf accounts and move them to their correct MMR more quickly which has helped somewhat, but still causes damage along the way in cases of extreme smurfing. Starting today, smurfing will be a bannable offense. We will primarily focus on new accounts created after today, for which we have high confidence in their smurfing and game-ruining behavior. Moreover, we will also occasionally manually ban old pre-existing accounts that are clearly game-ruining. Furthermore, if, you found to, if you're found to be selling accounts, boosting, or engaged in similar uh, game-ruining behaviors, your primary account may also be subject to a ban. To go along with this, we've recently increased our ban rate for boosters and purchased accounts. For cases where we don't have extremely high confidence but do have cause for Smurf suspicion, those accounts are more likely to play with other suspected Smurfs until we gain confidence to judge one way or the other. 
If you do suspect someone of smurfing in your game, use the new post-game report option, including this update to flag them. This will help us track legit offenders and gather data used to inform our anti-smurf efforts moving forward. Thank fucking God. Holy fucking shit. Ballsack, McGee, green testicles on your face. I don't know what the... I am so happy with this, Cinderin. This is great. I, I know. Great. This I'm, I'm sure when you read this, I'm the first person you thought of. Yes. Thank you, Gaben. Holy ballsack. Ah. Hopefully it's not just words. <laughs> Hopefully it's not a placebo. Right. <laughs> like, um, yeah, we're doing well, it. I can say, I think, so I after this was implemented, I had a day where I played a pub game, and three of the accounts were, this was an 8.5k MMR average game or something, and three of the accounts were level 22, 35, and 35, which there's been this meme in the high MMR or in the streaming community in general, of level 22, because it's technically supposedly the lowest level account you can possibly have that plays ranked. Mm. And there were people abusing some sort of unranked stat padding like crazy to get That's higher definitely hidden MMR. not true. I played against somebody who was oh. level 19 today, and he destroyed In ranked? Yes. Okay. Well, either way, it's level 22 for some reason. I don't know what it is. But there were a lot of level 22 accounts suddenly showing up in high MMR games. Uh, and I reported three accounts for smurfing after that one game and the next day i got the message that we've taken action so at least one of them got banned Um, i like so so it i would imagine either that's placebo too you never know (laughs) (laughs) that's true yeah we took action next level placebo in that case (laughs) holy shit um but i i definitely think something is happening with this and that it's working um and smurfing sucks at all levels so it's not a like, if you're a player at the lower range or in the middle range or in the high range, it doesn't matter. It sucks for everybody. Um, so if people get detected and it gets handled, that's awesome. We've been talking a lot about this on the podcast, what to do about it. And I had the, I had the opinion that the best solution is machine learning, like we've talked about a hundred times by now, probably. Uh, I do think that's also what they're doing here with the reports. Like, they're, they're finding a way of automating detection and with human input and a huge data size and sample, they can more accurately place whether someone is a smurf or not, probably, based on in-game performance and et cetera, et cetera. So I think, again, they're just further developing their model, and I think the fact that they're letting people report is really good as long as it gets filtered very well. Yeah. Uh, and it sounds like in the wording, I think Valve already always have had this approach to, in their other games as well, like CSGO, that they want to have a really high confidence before they punish people. Like, they want to have as few false positives as possible because obviously it's people's accounts and somebody gets banned, they might never play the game again. If they get wrongfully banned, they'll just go and play something else. Mm-hmm. So it's really important that they're confident. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited to see where this goes. I hope it improves quality of, of life for everyone and that. Not only that, but also that it disincentivizes the whole service of people buying, selling, trading, boosting each other's accounts. Because it's just, it's not just about the people that are like, ah, fuck this, I'm not winning enough on my main account, I'm just going to make a new one. It's a lot about the financial motivation behind it. And if that gets removed, then the whole business model gets shattered, and that's fucking big. Right. So it's not worth it anymore. I mean, we talked about do. this before, but so. I think finding sites that are advertising is very easy for that kind of thing. So yeah, my only worry... I don't take more action there. That, that's, my, that's the only thing I'm a little disappointed with, is that they didn't... 
I mean, they could be doing this for all we know behind the scenes, but I feel like if right. they were, they would have probably said something here in addition to that. But yeah. like doing it in a public way, I think sends a very strong message. And they've done it for like cheaters. All cheaters of any Valve game have been banned for life. That's a very strong statement. I feel like the same. I would feel better about this than the cheating, if I'm being honest. Like cheating is terrible. Obviously, we've talked about this time and time again. But I mean, this is cheating as well. What's the difference? I don't see any difference, personally. That's yeah, debatable. Not for me, Cinderin. But yeah, okay. That's okay. Uh, okay, next thing on the list, also at the very end of the blog post, Valve states that Friday, following the Singapore Major, so I believe that is March 9th, April. there will be, by March I mean May, God, what month is it right now? April. Did I? Oh, I actually wrote March 9th on here. Yeah, it's next year, 2022, it's coming out, uh, 7.29. Uh, it's going to be the. It's going to include a new hero as well as a balance-focused gameplay update. So, I figured we'd talk a little bit about that before moving on to the next subject. Fuck my shit up, Froggy. So, what are you hoping for? Anything specific like terrain changes? I, I, I already know you want outposts gone. You want bounties to be redone. All this garbage that you think is mm-hmm. just brain dead. Uh, which I understand conceptually why I don't like it. I just mm-hmm. disagree. You know? That's fine. So. Anything else on anything, a sponsored episode? Anything else that you're looking forward to? Um, yeah. So just to like, just to clarify, I don't want all these things gone. By the way, I think outposts. I wouldn't be mad if they were gone. Uh, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be mad if bounty runes were gone either. But I think just removing all of those things at once, I don't think is the way to go. Right? I think, from my perspective, reducing their impact or whatever. Um, or removing one thing would help. Uh, the reason, in case you haven't listened to the previous episodes where we talked about this, I'll just TLDR it a little bit. I feel like a lot that we have too many new forced objectives in Dota. When I say new, I mean in the history of the game. Um, there's bounty runes, there are outposts, there are neutral items that have to be farmed at a specific time in a specific place. Uh, there's a lot of things that kind of make the games follow a similar pattern. And I think it's cooler when Dota has less of that because then it allows people to explore different ways of playing the game and different strategies, whereas right now, the game is largely, on a macro scale, telling you how to play a lot of the time. Uh, And I think it would be cool if it did that a little bit less. So that's the thing. Um, Apart from that, definitely map changes. I would like the terrain change. Oh, that's another thing the map game is kind of telling you how to do is ward as well with the map design. There are just some designated warding spots where the game is like, hey, put a ward here. It's really good. Um, which obviously is not always the case because then at a higher level, people are also going to deward these spots very well and more frequently understand how to ward. So still games, you explore new warding spots where you don't place them. Obviously you get way less vision, but your vision at least stays. Uh, so that's fine. But again, all so, of these high grounds that well, these little, like, what do you want to call them? Like little poles that have an eye on top of them. I, I would be fine if they just got removed and the terrain was just not telling you how to ward. Oh. Okay, let me let me ask you a question because this is the mm-hmm. part that doesn't make sense for your argument in my eyes. Are you talking about the literal just thing that shows you where to put? Are you talking about the location itself that you want changed? So there's a lot of locations in the game that have like this right eye there. Right. right? So tell me why this bothers you because at a high level, whether that eye is there or not, people are still going to use those spots. This is for 
not so great. Right. No, I don't want the eye removed. That's what <laughs> I'm asking. That. So you, you, you yeah. care that the so, locations themselves are the problem. Right. So basically, the, the map design currently, these, what do we call them? Should we call them cliffs? Whatever it is. It's like literally a, one tile with just cliff that's there specifically for the purpose of you putting a ward there. Where mm -hmm. Dota has kind of had some of these in the past, you know, where you could get cliffed by a pudge hook or a venge swap or whatever uh, close to the river. But there's just been way more of them, right? Again, it's like it's more of this designated stuff where it's like this is obviously the objectively best ward spot in the game unless it gets dewarded. And what that means is when you start taking control of an area as an aggressive play or as a defensive play, you will ward this area. It's just very... It just, it just feels a little bit streamlined. That's what I'm saying. It's not like having ward spots that are better than others is bad. It's just, again, there's too many of them, and they're there specifically only for that purpose. And they're placed specifically in very clear patterns around the map for the purpose of this in those areas. Like, imagine if those hills were just gone, right? Like, just as a thought experiment, imagine they were gone. Attacking and warding and invading areas would just change, right? Because you don't get to place this insane ward when you go in. You don't get to have this insane ward when you're on defense. Um, who knows? Like, Basically, all your wards would be on the ground. So Necro yeah. Book would be the best item. It already is, I guess. But Just as an, just as an example, right? But right. It, I'm not saying remove all cliffs. Like, I don't want this to turn into some sort of oversimplification either. What do you I think, think you're about getting the my point, though. From the like, you can make days. high grounds. You can make them different. You can put them in different places. It's just, it's a little bit... Uh... The cliffs, if I'm remembering, like, top yeah. river area before Roshan was there, the cliff was like an extended cliff, right? So that's technically one big ward spot, but there's a lot of different locations within that area you can put it. You know what I mean? So would right. you prefer more that style? Because it's um, still easy to deward, you know. You just put one sentry up there. Sure, I, I, I just I like the variety in terrain with having high and low grounds, and I like. Um, we we've had previous versions of the map. I, I can't give you an exact one because there's been so many, and it's hard to remember what the map looked like three or four years ago. But this is not my favorite map, um, because of the ward spots, because of the way the areas around the outposts are. It's the worst one we've had that I can remember was the one where every shrine was on the high ground. Do you remember that? There were like, yeah. when we had shrines, there were like four areas on the map that were all, all of them led up to it. So the team with the shrine always had the high ground. Do you remember that? Yeah, the shrines That got horrible. changed. They flattened the map after that. That's kind of the map we're playing on now. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a good change because I thought, again, the other one was just too... Too extreme. Yeah, and it was it was for different reasons. It, that wasn't really because it was like telling you what to do. It was just making certain situations and certain aspects of the game way too favored for one side over the other. Um, but yeah. Okay. Anything Enough else about that? Anything else no. you'd like change that you haven't talked Map about? Map changes before. will be cool. So yeah, just sometimes we explore like new pathing, new tree lines, new juke spots. Always fan of that. It's fun. It's different. Um, Depending on whether or not outposts get changed, you could use the terrain differently. Maybe new neutral camp, something like that. Um, we'll see. Uh, outside of that, I want some specific hero changes, right? But everybody does. Uh, there are some heroes that I just think are too weak right now that I like to play. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I have not really played Dazzle in a long time. He's just not very good. Um, Pudge got buffed. He's still really bad for the most part. Yeah, give Pudge um, more buffs. I would like that. Then Hoodwink obviously needs to shard in Nags. I would be very surprised if that does not come as part of this patch. Yeah, we'll talk about that. I would that like Hoodwink's well. stun to not get removed when you remove the tree. I find that pretty lame. I think it's, it's kind great. of like fast reaction. Time it doesn't work that blade. way with Shackle Shot. Why does it work that way with Bushwhack? Yeah. I, I feel like. It's a fair yeah. point. I would just like when somebody is stunned to a tree and that tree gets cut, keep the stun. Like it's just at least a quality of life upgrade for a hoodwink, which would make a pretty big difference actually, uh, in some situations. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. So that was just a spitballing some random things. But so I haven't written any of this down. This is the top of my head. I already mentioned conceding. Like I said, I've been back and forth. Mm -hmm. I feel very strongly now because I. It's not a perfect system. I understand that. There's some cons with putting in a concede feature, but I think for the most part, it would be for the best, honestly. It's like right now, it's a combination of things. I would make that change, concede feature. I wouldn't mind putting enemy mana bars back in, but of course you need to redesign some heroes uh, to be able to work around that. But that I one's mean, a little back more... In. Uh, sorry, back in meaning from the Han days, Cinderin. Oh, okay. Dota never <laughs> from, had that. Good old heroes not of New Dota Earth. 1. No, no, it that, never that is there. true. Okay. Uh, so those are two things that I would like, uh, more so the first one. But I think one issue I'm having currently is, and the word I came up with is oppressive, when I try to go high ground, generally, like in, I don't know what you want to consider, like ancient level rank, that's a lower rank, whatever. Uh, it's it, pretty high. It feels pretty oppressive against certain heroes. So I think that certain heroes should not work the way they are. And I think it's mostly quality of life. An example, and again, I understand that high-level players are able to deal with this, but when it trickles down into the pubs and you have somebody that knows what they're doing on the hero, it feels literally impossible. And Storm Spirit is the first one that comes to mind. Being able to TP while you go across the map and kill like three waves, I think is so stupid, that should not be in the game. Either get rid of the TP or change the way that his zip works. Like something needs to change with that hero. But I think overall, it's just like this... Trying to go high ground, it feels too difficult at times, uh, just on a consistent basis. So um, you're saying, what if he just couldn't TP while he ball lightnings? Would yeah. that be enough? I think it would be, yeah. Okay, yeah. Maybe he needs more. That was the know. treatment Earth Spirit got on his roll, if you remember. Yeah, I mean, Morphling can do the same with Waveform, so you probably have... Oh, I didn't know that. So they actually changed that for Earth Spirit, so you can't do that anymore. Yeah. You need huh. to complete the roll first. Interesting. I mean, nothing's ever consistent in Dota, so I guess that kind of makes sense, but... Yeah, there's a bunch of heroes that can, maybe not a bunch, but I know Morphling Waveform TP, uh, Timbersaw, Timber Chain TP. Those are still in the game, I believe. So, But they're not really high ground gods like Storm Spirit is once you hit 25. Uh, aside from that, uh, I've been enjoying the game. So I don't, I think a new hero would be great, obviously. And we can talk about oh, a bit what has been data mined, which is Hoodwinks, Aghanim Scepter, and Shard. So. Again, these are all placeholder things, but the first one that we see is a bunch of arrows, and the second one is a boomerang. That's what it's named, is boomerang, and quiver and boomerang. So I don't know if this brings up any new ideas of what the shard or ags could be, but looks like it's already going to be in the game. So I, I agree it'll be a little bit surprising if it's not, not only those in, but also captain's mode. Uh, I would expect her to be immediately yeah. available in captain's mode, because... Even if the Ags and Shard are OP, I think a quick they're going to have a quick patch afterwards anyway. 
So I don't think it's that big of a deal to include it in captain's mode personally. It's not like the old days. Who do you hope is the new hero? If you could choose. That is the question. Still Aghanim? Uh, well, maybe we'll talk about that last because we're going to okay. talk about the anime. Maybe some heroes there sure. might pique our interest. Uh, okay. But yeah, that is the the future of the 7.29 patch. Looking forward to that. Okay. Next up, we have the major. It has begun. In fact, while we record this, it is happening uh, because it's on my time zone, kind of. SCA, which is apparently my time zone these days. <laughs> so first, let's talk about all the people that have had to drop out. Uh, Fogged, B-Cop, they have COVID. They did not make the trip. Uh, although B-Cop might have made it, but he's might just be stuck there now. I'm not sure. Mind Control got COVID, replaced by RMN. Natsumi from Neon, replaced by Rappi. They didn't actually say if he had COVID, but we'll just assume, I suppose. Quincy Crew, we already talked about them, how MSS uh, was going to get a replacement, but the replacement changed like five times. It's now Paulison, who's, I believe, from SCA. So I think it's even from Singapore. Yeah, so it works out regionally-wise. Cuckoo of T1 was replaced by Forev for, again, similar issues, I assume. Navi as an entire team dropped out, which we did talk about last week. And I believe right after our episode dropped, Beast Coast also dropped out. So two teams literally just out of the major because of COVID-related stuff. And then the final one is Baboka, not out for COVID, but he just likes to have sex with prostitutes. So he's been replaced by Mad. Um, that is the first Wanna time I... elaborate a little bit on that part for people that don't know? <laughs> it sounds like, <laughs> why is he not at the major then? He has an STD. No, yeah. So I, I believe he's been... Was he actually arrested? For yes. solicitating so prostitution is illegal in China, and he's a right. Chinese player. Yeah, uh, and he had to pay a fine. And I'm not sure, like, why was it he couldn't travel after that? Are you like, he Maybe isn't in jail, arrested. right? He was just fined, I think. I, I thought he was arrested, but maybe not. Let me just double check this. Sure. So that is an interesting reason not to make it to the major. Just needed to get one more. Uh, thing out of the way before he made that plane trip but it was just one too okay, many the typical outcome says here the typical outcome for such an offense is a few days jail time and some fines okay but boca has okay this is yeah, this i think this is two separate things at once i'm also not going to say it like it's fact because some of this presented was as uh a bit rumor style a bit sure yeah, it wasn't 100 percent confirmed uh, but supposedly this is what happened, and I don't know if he was given any jail time or whatever. But he didn't go, and this is the supposed reason. So yes, yeah. so good luck to him, I guess. Uh, yeah. and the rest of obviously who are su- actually suffering from uh, COVID-related stuff. Uh, so this puts—I mean, this is my first question. It's not meant to be negative, uh, and we're going to talk about some of the results so far in the major. But do you think that? We have a bunch of, like, basically half the teams are either, two of them are not there, and the rest have, of those half, have somebody missing. Do you think that this puts any kind of, not that this matters, but an asterisk behind any potential major win for whatever team ends up winning? Because the the same has been brought up in basketball in the past, and it hasn't really been the case. Like, there's been some seasons where there's like 50 games only. And right. people still look at them as legitimate championships, but I don't know if yeah. you feel it's different in esports at all. I think the narrative when this tournament is over would be really different if it was secret that got COVID, right? I think mm. people are going to selectively have 
a pre-assigned tier list of how good the teams are, and then uh, in their minds they will be like, Beast Coast and Navi were not going to win or get to the finals anyway. So in the final and really big placements, it wouldn't have mattered. I'm talking about this from like a, how the community is going to perceive it, right? So how important you make the tournament from a community perspective is obviously based on what the community thinks. And I think this is not going to... Like, everybody who's a fan of Navi and Beast Coast are fucking hate that they aren't there, right? It's super sad. But it's not going to, in the grand scheme of things in the community, it's probably not going to discredit any win or any finals or any top three placements here. People are probably going to feel like that's completely deserved. But if it was Secret and Vici Gaming or LGD or, you know, some big Chinese teams and maybe multiple European teams that weren't there that are perceived as being the best in the world before the tournament started, we'll get to that, then... Uh, obviously people would have a different perspective on it. But if you ask me, I think this should be 100% like treated as a legit tournament. Like there will be, it's obviously more than usual that are not there, which sucks, but there's still plenty of really strong competition that it's fair to celebrate the winners here and right. not just feel like they got off easy. This tournament is still morbidly difficult no matter what. So Morbidly difficult. Wow. Yeah. That's a it's good always, way to put it. When all that's the best actually, teams play, it's really hard. Actually, that's probably not a good way to put it, considering COVID right now. But hey, we'll leave that for yeah. another time. You uh, get okay, right. let's talk about uh, the tournament itself. So the, obviously, mm -hmm. the format has had to change slightly in terms of how many teams make it through the wild card, how many teams make it through the group stage, and all that stuff. But let's just talk about what's been done so far. So the wild card itself, the biggest surprise is Nigma got destroyed. They went one and nine in their games. Obviously, they have a stand-in for mind yep. control, but they looked real bad. I caught a couple of their games. I just turned it off halfway through because they did not look like a functioning team. So they're out. T1 is also out, also with a stand-in. And AS Monaco Gambit is out. So the bottom three of that group. So that means LGD, Vici, and Team Liquid go through to the group stage. Does anything in this wild card surprise you? Uh, I mean, a couple of things, right? The first one you already mentioned that Nygma did this poorly. I thought they were going to look better even with a stand-in. Um, people are going to be speculating, is mind control just that important and integral to this team, both in draft and play? I don't know. It definitely makes him look irreplaceable with how it went this time. Uh, but it's easy to jump to conclusions. It's It could be a lot of different things. Um, but yeah, not a good showing from them, of course. Uh, pretty... Probably overall pretty disappointing, especially to the fans of the team, right? That they showed up this poorly. It, it's one thing if you don't make it, but they kind of just got destroyed, right? So that's yeah. a bit of a shame. Um, apart from that, Liquid started day one 6-0. They won six games in a row, and then they ended 6-4 and had to play a tiebreaker with Gambit in a best of one yeah. for who gets to advance and who gets knocked out. First of all, not a fan that that was a best of one. I feel like that should be a best of three. You're playing for tournament life here in mm -hmm. a tiebreaker, getting out of the wild card. Um, Liquid got that one. They won that 1-0. Um, not saying they don't deserve it. That's not the narrative here. It's more that I feel like these kind of series should just be best of three. Um, but yeah, they got out. I think the rest is pretty much as expected. I didn't expect T1 to be on the level of LGD and Vici Gaming, and I did not expect Gambit either. So it was, about, it was probably about whether it was going to be either Liquid, Nigma in top three, and then one of the Chinese teams or um, only one Western team and the two Chinese teams, which is what happened with Liquid, Vici, and LGD. So mm -hmm. now the bigger surprise, 
And this is maybe a little bit more spoiler alert because this is in the current ongoing group stage round robin. If you guys are not up to date and don't want to be spoiled for current results that are happening live, uh, then make sure you mute or just skip this. Um, in the current standings right now, this is probably one of the biggest surprises in a group stage that I can remember. The current first place team is the second placing team from South America. It is Thunder Predator, who went 8-0 and zero yesterday. They won four series in a row, and it wasn't against weak teams. It's not like, oh, they had the easy start. They Other weak teams Liquid. in group stage? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're obviously perceived stronger and weaker teams, right? Mm -hmm. They 2 owed Liquid, Vici, oh, sorry, Liquid, Aster, Quincy Crew, and where's the last one? Alliance. Alliance, right. So multiple teams that were going into this perceived as teams that would make it out of the round robin got beat by Thunder Predator handily. Most of their games were very, very strong showings. They won most of their games in around 35 minutes to 40 minutes. Uh, didn't have to play any like super late game, didn't struggle to close out games, didn't look like they were unsure about strategy. So just super impressive to see. And I hope they do very well. It would be really, really good for the game in South America if their team finally gets like really far. We've had Beast Coast have a good showing at TI. I think they got top eight at TI eight, nine or eight. Um, and yeah, if the if Thunder Predator can do well as well, that's awesome. And obviously makes you wonder how good would beast coast have been if thunder predator are looking True. this good what if beast coast were there too unfortunately they had covid problems and couldn't go uh but south america definitely making a name for themselves here and that's awesome yeah and again there's a few more matches to go uh and we're yeah. recording this on top of it so things can't change but as of right now i mean of this group stage because of the changes to the format uh there's eight teams which that's nothing new the bottom place team gets knocked out. Everybody else actually makes it through. So it's actually not that hard to continue on. Uh, right. Quincy Crew is behind Thunder Predator, despite losing 2-0 to them, as number two in the group right now. And that's with a stand-in for MSS. Vici Gaming, number three. Uh, they're actually tied with Quincy Crew, technically. So the top three end up going to the upper bracket. Is that right? Let me actually look this over again. Um, let's see, group stage, top three advance to upper bracket, bottom three go to lower bracket, and then the yeah. uh, last place gets dumpstered. So so that next tier is Neon, LGD, Aster, and Liquid. I guess there's a bunch of ties for fourth LGD place are currently right second. I'm not sure we're looking at the same thing. Oh, have I not updated? I haven't refreshed this in a while. One second. <laughs> Thunder Predator are in first currently, LGD in second, and Quincy okay. Crew in third. And Quincy yeah, Crew is tied with Vici for third currently. Right, okay. Then you have... Neon and Aster tied for fifth, and then Liquid in seventh currently. So Alliance is last place. They've gone Alliance three and nine in terms of their actual games played. And I believe they only have one match remaining. They just got 2 0 by LGD. They now have yep. to face off Liquid, who is right above them. So they I believe have to win they have to win series. both. They have to win both they have games, to win right? 2 0. Yeah. They have to 2 0 just to tie Liquid. Yeah. So Alliance could be on the way it's, out in the group stage after all that. That is, that would be really, really sad for Alliance. And honestly, kind of a surprise, right? Given how well they looked in the, yeah, they looked good sure. in the European qualifier for this. And they've just been beaten fair and square in their games. Um, what do you think about the EU versus NA slash SA thing going on right now? A lot of trash talk, which, you know, right. 
I like some trash talk here and there. I, I never mm-hmm. understood the regional stuff, you know, but you know, I guess people have to trash talk some way. But right, like, are you? I mean, obviously, it's South America being memes, so right? good right now is very surprising. But yeah. Quincy Crew, I'm not personally surprised by. Like, mm-hmm. this is good for the game though if they continue to win. Now, do you think? Yeah. I don't want to discredit anything. I'm just putting this mm-hmm. out there as a question. Do you think that the other teams did not spend as much time scouting the Quincy Crews and the Thunder Predators of the world? Because it is a round robin, right? So you can only do so much. It's not like you scout every team. You scout every team, but do you not scout some more than others? That's my only question. I don't know. I I kind of I kind of dislike that argument a lot of the time because it implies that you obviously the teams go in with some sort of a perception of how good other teams are. Right. But in some ways, if you think about it, the teams. Let's look at this logically. Let's say you're the fourth best team. Do you study the hardest against the best team or should you study the hardest against the fifth, sixth, seventh team so you're more likely to win those games and progress, right? Depends like if on everybody how much time studies you're given. Secret the hardest, as an example, if we think Secret are the best, they're not playing in the round robin. They're in next stage, but just an idea. Right. If everybody studies the best opponents the most in order to prepare for them, then you're preparing the most for the hardest game and in reality, you would maybe be better spent spreading out your time among the teams <clears throat> so you're prepared to win those other games more. Mm-hmm. So, and I think at this level of play, like everybody should take each other seriously. Like the community thinks South America is bad or whatever uh, that they aren't that they don't have what it takes. Any team at this level can beat any other team at this level if they play well and get to play their strategies. So you'll see in these series in this tournament, teams are going to respect ban against each other. They don't discredit the region. They look at the team. How good is the team? And Obviously, the community loves this narrative of EU bigger than NA, NA bigger than EU, SA, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I like celebrating that South America is doing well and that NA is doing well, uh, more so than viewing this as, oh, man, Europe is truly in the dumpster now, right? Because there's a tournament <laughs> where Liquid destroyed. and Alliance aren't doing well. They are getting destroyed right now. So I will um, actually disagree yeah. with you. Based on my interactions with owning a team and just interacting with pro players, I actually think that I'm going to say most pro players are cocky, really cocky. So I actually do think that they believe to, they're better than them and they don't give them as much time to prep. Now, again, I'm not trying to discredit anything Thunder Predator did. They might just win the entire tournament for all I know. But that is, act, that is definitely something that happens based on you know specific people within specific roster. I'm not saying as a team right. like... I don't want to, you know, there's certain players that, of course, they're going to be cocky. That's just how they are by nature, mm-hmm. you know? So I think there's definitely an element of that. Uh, but I but also, this will wake them up really fast either way. It, it makes sense to be cocky and self-confident, right? Like, it's you want to believe you're the best. You want to beat the other teams. You want to go in with a conception that, okay, we're going to beat these guys. We're better. Mm-hmm. Uh, peace be with that. That's fine. I'm just saying, I think... I don't think at this level that the teams don't prepare, was my point. Like, you're going to prepare more for some teams than others naturally. You can't just be like, okay, we prepare X hours for every team. That's not how it goes. There's like some things you feel like you need to put more emphasis on. I'm just saying as a strategy, I think not preparing or preparing very little for certain teams can backfire really hard. It I agree. probably happens like that people well, do it. That's what I'm so. saying. I, 
I yeah, agree I, that I it can I backfire. I personally I, don't think that's why Thunder Predator are winning their games. I don't think it's lack of prep by the other teams. I think Thunder, Thunder Predator are just playing better. Like, okay. Um, I'm not, okay. Like, I don't want to At this point, anything. right, like, let's say day one, right? Let's say day one, they play four series and they 2-0 all of them. Mm. If they were like a one-trick pony, you get figured out after the first two series. And then people have that on you. And they're like, wow, okay, Thunder Predator won two series. Let's have a look. Let's quickly see how they move, how they draft, and find a counter for it. They, got, they just beat Aster and Quincy after mm. they beat Liquid and Alliance, right? It's not, that's not coincidence anymore or bad prep. They're just really good. So, yeah. According to chat, uh, Liquid has beaten Alliance in the first game, which means Alliance is out of the major. Oh, boy. Which means that they will be going home probably tomorrow because it, there's, you don't get to stick around after all yeah. that. So they didn't even make it to the, the playoffs at all. So that is a huge development. Good lord. That's a tough one to swallow. That's what she said. But moving on, it actually ensures Thunder Predator will be in the top three at the very least, no matter what happens here. So they will make it to the upper bracket. Uh, do you have predictions as we finish up talk on the major going forward? I mean, uh, other than Secret winning, I think we're both going to be Ryan. picking Secret probably. But anything, mm -hmm. anything else? Like, who's your biggest... Wild card, let's say. So Dark the course. teams that have not played yet because they're directly into the playoffs are Secret, IG, Fnatic, VP, and EG. Mm -hmm. um, I think... Yeah, we have Secret as favorites. I think, kind of based on how China has been showing up in this tournament, that bumps up my expectations for IG. Um, so I don't know if it's fair to call IG a dark horse here, uh, but... My, I would not be surprised to see the top three be Secret, VP, and one of the Chinese teams at this rate. Uh, and I would love if it's Thunder Predator that gets top three. That would be such a good story. That would be um, amazing. Yeah. I still, I still need to see them out of the group stage when it gets into these like re when it's really crunch time with the important best of threes against teams that are at a very high level and get to prepare for one series specifically only on the day. Uh, but yeah. I still, I still think my top three is secret, I, secret VP, and then either IG, LGD, or uh, Vici Gaming, probably. So I'll take secret <laughs> VP, and then I think somebody from the group stage currently. Could be Quincy as well, actually. From potential lower bracket. So That'd be cool. team, teams like Quincy, Quincy Crew, like it's just a huge wild card. Like I think they were good enough to get top four personally, but without MSS, I, like, I have no idea how good they actually are right now because MSS was their MVP in a lot of games during the uh the dpc so yeah not sure but yeah that should be pretty exciting so i guess by next week we should be able to talk about actual winners right yes beautiful. the tournament ends in on sunday in five days okay beautiful all right so moving on uh this one's not like not that much of a story but jerax has returned kind of he tweets hey it's been a while i'm excited to announce that i'll be back around dota I won't be playing competitively, which may disappoint some of you. I'll go further into details on the stream. Blah, blah, blah. So, is Soxa in trouble, Cinderin? I don't know. People <laughs> obviously love to speculate, right? Like, I oh, well, he says he's not going to play, but isn't he going to get that competitive itch if he starts streaming and playing pubs again and he feels himself, etc.? Um, Jarex is a great guy. I hope he does what makes him happy. If that's playing competitively, 
then maybe you would be worried for Saxa because you know the OG, o, the OG, OG could get together again. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't. I personally don't think this is Jerex just being misleading and actually already having a deal with OG, but just doesn't want to share it yet. I don't I think agree. that's what's happening. I don't think he's lying. I agree. Um, but I could see that eventually happening. If he gets the itch again from playing more and streaming, I, I don't see why he wouldn't want to come back. But I genuinely don't think he wants to right now. Um, so yeah. I'm taking his... I his agree, but I do, think, I do think he will come back. And I think we said this. Anybody that retires at that young of an age, they're coming back. Let's be real, guys. Unless they've come back several times and failed repeatedly, they will continue to come back if they're successful. It's just, that's just how it happens. He just needed an extended break for mental health, probably, because I'm sure getting to the point of needing to win TIs in that nature, it's, it's a lot to take in, you know, even if it is yeah. successful by the end. So you've given it everything. Okay. Uh, last topic of this evening. We have no Patreon mailbag questions. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Dota anime, Cinderin. Dota Dragons. But first, before we go on, ladies and gentlemen, well, first let me ask you, did you watch the anime? Okay, Shannon. Now it's time. Now it's time for my mini game. Oh, my God. <clears throat> I'm going to okay, spoil everything all, for you. Guess how many episodes I've watched. I think you've watched all of them. Correct. How many days do you think I watched them over? Okay, so because you're putting it this way, I think you actually watched it in one. No. God, you're pathetic. Okay, how many days? Two. Two days, okay, not bad. We watched bad. six episodes on the first day and then two the second day. Not bad, I guess. For you, it's not so, bad. It's that's really than, impressive, right? You did it's not better expect than, that uh, going in. Yeah, that's like two and a half uh, in Bruges that you watched. So congratulations. Is it really though? Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. How long Maybe. is in Bruges? It's like an hour and a half. These episodes are like 25 minutes, right? Yeah, we'll get to that. Okay, so before we go on, okay. ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching live, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening while working out and sweating profusely, we will be spoiling the anime. So we're not going to talk about what happens in detail for each respective episode, but we're going to give our impressions, which will contain spoilers. So if you have not seen it, this is your chance to turn off the podcast, okay? We're giving you due warning. If you show up after I say this on the live stream, God be with you. That's your own fault for being late to the party. So spoiler alert, ladies and gentlemen, spoilers. Okay, Cinderin. Yes. What did you think of the anime? Uh, I thought it was really good. I, I think... It was one of those things we talked about it previously. We, we didn't know what to expect going in, right? Um, and I guess, I don't know. How do you want to break this down? Do you want to break down like the animation part, the story okay, part? So this is what characters? I was going to do. I wrote down some of my thoughts. So I just have a okay. pros list, a cons list, and then an actual rating out of 10. Okay. Okay, so, well, I'll give, my, I'll give my pros first, I think. Okay. from So... I'm going to talk about it mainly from the perspective of how I enjoyed it, but I'll, let's also like mention what it's like for people that have nothing, no knowledge of Dota, right? Because that does make things harder sure. to catch and understand. So yeah. that's will probably be the cons, right? So the pros for me, um, I really like the universe. I think the way it's like it's a very short presentation in the start, whatever the way it gets like introduced, but the whole universe with the dragons and their importance, the 
characters that we primarily follow are really interesting. It feels like uh, something I like a lot that I think other people will probably consider a con is I love the mystery. I love the fact that a lot of things don't seem to make sense immediately. And I, you know, hope they eventually do in mm -hmm. future seasons. But there's a lot of things that are unanswered and a lot of things that happen where you're like, okay, what is the exact motivation for this happening? Um, why do these characters want this so badly? Like, some people are like, uh, criticizing like what is Salamana's motivation for being as she is like what's the story here and I kind of feel like that is going to get answered later um, I hope so <laughs> if not it's kind of a you know a bit of a something that's missing you want to kind of feel like the characters have reasons to do what they're doing uh, but within the universe there's a lot of chaos so I don't mind that there's a lot of things that currently don't make sense and are very chaotic mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm a fan of that uh, I like the dialogue that was a pro for me as well. I think the voice actors are doing a great job. Uh, they've I didn't put it this, pretty well. I didn't put this on my cons list, but there was a segment. No offense. There were some Australian voice actors that I thought were actually very bad. But otherwise, the voice acting was good. Like, very I, I like bad. It. Like, super, like, it was obvious that they were not professional. Just throwing it out there. Go ahead. Okay. I, nothing stood out to me like that, actually, with the voice acting. But, okay. Um, yeah, so I guess the cons overall, like like I said, I enjoyed it a lot, so I don't really have very many cons, but I will rather talk about the cons from other people's perspective, uh, if that makes sense. I just <laughs> of course. Like what I've gathered, right? And also from watching it together with Susie, then I have a little bit of perspective. So well, start with what your cons are, if there are any. Um, well, my biggest con overall is that I think this is also something that most people echo is that the pacing is maybe a little bit too fast. I would have liked the episodes to be like five minutes longer because I think some things could have been fleshed out a little bit more. So you could remove the mystery that I talked about. I think a lot of the things are going a little bit too fast, perhaps like so you could, you could have there, easily made the episodes. More. There was a tweet made by, I don't know if it was a writer, somebody involved with the show saying that it was originally planned for 30 minute episodes, but for whatever reason, like, higher ups made them make it shorter so that's why it feels the pacing is a bit right off. okay so, so it was designed for 30 was, minutes and then it got cut to 25 right yes yeah so that's a shame because it makes i don't know what the motivation is for that from netflix but it makes it probably makes it look like the show creators did less of a good job than they actually did but they just had to cut something and if you've already made it like really well done in 30 minutes, cutting five minutes is a lot. Like mm -hmm. you're removing a sixth of all of the content that you made per episode that you had planned and you just have to remove that. You're going to remove something good, something important. Um, and you kind of just have to choose what's least important to remove. But it's just, yeah, that sucks. Um, so that is one of the cons, I guess, is that some things feel a little bit rushed. Um, but that's probably the reason for it then. Um, that's honestly the biggest con I have, because uh, I genuinely enjoyed it. Um, I will, I'll quickly just mention some things that other people have pointed out, and then I'll talk about why it doesn't matter so much to me, um, okay. if that is, makes sense to you. Sure. So some cons that people have talked about are um, the art style that, you know, how many posts have we seen by now on Reddit about their noses or whatever? I genuinely don't really care about this stuff. I don't know if I'm in a minority there, but... 
to me, the thing that gets me interested in a video game or in a show or whatever is the story and the characters. It's not, and for a game's kind of, for the game's sake, it's the gameplay, right? Uh, I will not watch a show or an anime or whatever specifically because it has great visuals. I will watch it because the story is interesting and that's what draws me in uh, and that there's something cool happening. So don't really care about the art stuff very much. Some people said the some of the CGI or more like animated scenes or fighting scenes were not that well done compared to what they could have been. Didn't really bother me very much because, again, to me, that's more quote unquote filler that the fights look cool. I want the fights to have a purpose more than look cool. Um, have we had this talk before about Lord of the Rings, Shannon? Where I'm like, the reason Lord of the Rings 2 is the worst is that it has a 45-minute fighting scene that could have been done in 10 minutes. <laughs> I don't uh, know if we've like, had this discussion. A lot of people love that about Lord of the Rings 2. I think that's the worst part of the trilogy because there's the least story. So mm. that's what I like the least, just to give a secondary explanation or example. That's fair. That's fair. Um... What else are people criticizing? They're criticizing. Some people are saying that it's really difficult to follow. And here's the thing for me. I think if you've never interacted with Dota in any way, the five minutes that are lost per episode might hurt a lot because there might have been like some extra explanation or a little bit more time to digest what's going on. Mm. But when you don't know anything about the characters going in, you don't know the heroes, you don't know items, you don't know spells. There's a lot of things that are happening. I probably just like, wait, what the fuck just happened? You know? Uh, and digesting that will be harder when you know nothing about it. See, I actually um, disagree with so. that. I think it's the opposite. I think you don't need to know any Dota because all the stuff that's from Dota is just, it's almost like an Easter egg. You don't need to know any of it. Yeah, just, I, I personally feel the same way. Like, But again, we are talking from the perspective true. of people that know the game. So it's easy for us to say, right? Yeah. But like watching the show, I don't feel like, wow, I have a huge advantage because I know Dota and somebody that doesn't know Dota won't get these like, it's like like you said it's easter eggs right like when he says what is it like the barkeep says nick tasha's is it nick tasha's knickers or something yeah um as like a curse or whatever then you're like oh i know something about nick tasha because i remember bane blah 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 it's like you appreciate these like small like yeah. nods to the hardcore players or whatever but it's not important mm-hmm. so yeah i i don't feel that way either Okay, I guess that's it. Uh, my overall rating is out of ten 8. horses. Five out of ten. Eight point five out of ten. Yeah. Wow, that's very good, Cinder, and thank you. Okay, uh, my pro list. Uh, a lot of it's kind of basic, but that's good. Uh, I think the lo- the idea of like the story, the lore expansion of certain heroes is really cool. I don't know if it's actually canon. Like, I don't know if Valve is involved with the story at all. They might have just given them what, you know, is currently in the game and the writers just went with it. I'm still fine with that. <clears throat> I liked it quite a bit. The show as a whole, I thought was very engaging, very interesting. Uh, the gore, I mean, I am talked about the rated R aspect of it. I love the gore. I think that makes it... I haven't actually seen... What is that other anime that we're getting ready to watch? It's like a Dracula type... I forget what the name Castlevania? is. Castlevania? Yeah, Castlevania supposed to be like a mini version of that or something but Mm -hmm. i did like the gore quite a bit Uh, i thought the characters overall uh were good there were like i have this thing where i will get really really annoyed with character if they're not well done like it's okay to hate a character because you're supposed to hate them but if it's it just sometimes feels like it's too forced like oh i just have to hate this guy i guess but or they just have really annoying dialogue. They're just annoying in general. But 
I didn't really run into any of that with this show, so that was really good. Um, introduced a bunch of new potential heroes, which I think we'll go over soon. Uh, this one was a negative for some people, and I cannot begin to imagine why. I felt like the romance was not forced at all. I really liked it because it wasn't forced, whereas other people felt it was cringy and forced. And I'm like, did we watch the same fucking show? I, I don't understand that at all. Like, have you seen any other show before where the the romance is forced? There was the dialogue was very like nothing was forced right. in the show. I feel like. it was very organic. In the way they did. I so think I did the really reason, I think the reason people feel like the romance is forced would be my guess is the people that complain about that are probably largely people that know Dota very well and feel like, you know, based on their experience and feeling of Dota, that Dota doesn't really have romance in the game, in the universe, apart from Caudal flirting with literally every female hero, including Broodmother. Um, <laughs> then there isn't really much that hints at it. So maybe your expectations of the Dota universe is that love doesn't exist. So maybe it feels a little bit out of place to some people because they've played this game for an eternity and there's no love in it, really. It's just war. Mm -hmm. um, but like, if you take it for what it is, I would kind of agree. I didn't feel like the dialogue was very forced. And the fact that there is uh, some sort of romance happening, I think, doesn't take away from the rest of the experience of the world. It just creates another relationship in it. So I didn't, I didn't think it was bad either, but I can understand if you're coming from the perspective of this show is supposed to be Dota, then it's like, where is this in Dota? Where's the romance in Dota? Why is this here, right? Mm. I don't know. That's, that was just the first thing I thought when you said people think it's forced. Because yeah. within I, the show and compared to other shows, it really doesn't feel forced, does it? I, I don't think so. I don't think so, but maybe that's just a matter of opinion. Uh, but other than that, yeah, the show was great. The, the item usage was pretty cool. I think it wasn't really a negative per se, but Invoker not using any of it, his actual skills from what I can remember was a bit weird, but the character as a whole is by far the best in the show. That character is fucking awesome, which yeah, we'll get to in a I minute. I like Invoker a lot. Uh, so my cons, a lot of them are animation-based, so hear me out here, which is funny because yeah. you say you don't care about any of this stuff. Yeah. So... Keep in mind that this studio, Studio Mir, <clears throat> did Legends of Korra, okay? Which I just got done watching. So the animation style in general was pretty fucking lazy. Let's be real here. There, there were a lot of cut scenes. First of all, a lot of scenes that were supposed to have fighting that you can just tell they just skipped ahead to the end, <laughs> essentially. There were think... certain... Yeah. Sorry. <clears throat> I, I, was just, I was just quickly going to say, do you think that was in the original? I mean, that I don't know. guess, right? I, I'm going to say no, because they had some cut scenes where they're traveling or something like that, and it's basically everything is still, and they just move a couple characters. It's like a very mm -hmm. lazy style animation, which again, Legend of Korra didn't have any of that, for the most part. If Nothing you had to cut five minutes, would you agree that it's more meaningful to cut fighting sequences than travel sequences? What do you mean by meaningful? Like, you are the director of the show. You're being told you have your 30-minute episodes need to be cut to 25. Where do you go? What do you think is least important to show? I mean, depending on the fight, probably some of the violent aspects to it, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Like, dialogue is by far the most important storyline, just progressing it in some way that seems... Right. You know, That's how fluid. I feel, too. And if you feel like a lot of the fighting scenes are lazy, maybe that is where a lot of the stuff got cut, possibly. If it's a general thing across the entire show, then different story but i was just gonna say that so something and again we don't know about the budget on this show at all like this could have been hey 
you know, they cut it by five minutes for God's sake for each episode. That it could have been like, we don't know if we're going to get renewed. We don't know if this is going to be popular. We just don't have that much money that we can put into this right now. So hopefully, if there is a season two, that changes. Something else, you mentioned the noses. That was actually, holy, why, in what world does that look like a nose? Like, what is this fucking random jagged line supposed to be? It's not a shadow. It's just like a literal mistake that you've purposely made on every character. Why Why does that exist? It looks like fucking garbage. I couldn't stop so looking. Funny. I, I was trying not to really bother me. I don't care. It's so I was, funny that it is like that. I was trying my best not to let it bother me, but I could not stop <laughs> looking at how awful that looks. It's not a nose. I hate it. I think I Terrible. didn't even notice for I eight hate episodes. It. I didn't even I hated that. Uh, also, in the visual aspect, <laughs> Davian's ult, when he turns into a dragon, looks stupid as fuck. That looked... I don't... It looked like... Almost like Night Stalker, like a really poorly drawn Night Stalker. Um, is, is this supposed okay, to be because he's so, supposed to end up being a dragon over time more so? Like he's more humanoid to start? That's how I interpret it. Okay. But you can still feel like it's poorly it made. It still looks but terrible. I think I think that is what is happening is that he is not... He's like gradually morphing into more and more dragon and ultimately his transformations will be full-on dragon form every time. Right. But like based on how much... Based on how much power Slyrek... Like how, how much influence he gets over Dragon Knight in these moments. Uh, I think this like half form is actually really cool, but whether it was well drawn is a different. Like you could feel like it looks lame. Like maybe it should be more on fire or a little bit like that. Because kind of like you said, it kind of looks a little bit like a what did you just call it? Night Stalker. Yeah, Poorly it, it looks a little bit in that direction. I personally didn't mind it. I understand that maybe that was a disappointment. Could have been maybe it could have been made a little bit better. But right. from a story perspective, that didn't feel weird to me at all actually so those are all the gripes that i have from the animation style so the last two things i have on my con list uh so i said i like the rated r aspect right the violence i love cussing when it's used correctly this if you're talking about forcing things the cussing was super forced i felt like in most scenes it was just not needed it didn't add anything that's coming from me who cusses all the time i feel like it was super forced just to get this rated r rating or something like i'm not sure it it just didn't feel like it you was impactful enough. I don't I don't to yeah. get that rating. Yes. Isn't it already rated R from the gore? I mean, I don't know. The cussing is probably more like I think. I don't know. It's a cartoon, so I have no idea what the st stipulations would be. But I know mm -hmm. that if it's a movie, you need certain amount like forget about the violence or the nudity in a movie. You need a certain amount of cuss words to make it rated R. And sometimes movies will have to put extra in just to get the rating that they want because you can't just choose the rating, right? So Right. It felt super forced um, to me. I don't know if people felt the same. I think there was one... I felt like across all the episodes, there was one moment where I was like, this was a little bit unnatural, how much cussing was in run-on sentences. I think it was Caden who was like, in three sentences in a row, he said, fuck, fuck, and fucking or something. It's like, <laughs> like, do people speak like that? Maybe it, that, that was maybe a little bit off, but I honestly didn't really mind it. I think... <laughs> Maybe I'm just naive. I didn't find it as forced. I think I think it's fine. I think in most of the time, it for me got used in like heated or like strongly emotional moments, and that's where it doesn't feel out of place to me. If they're literally just saying it in moments where it's like what you're talking about is nothing, then like why are you cussing? Right? Mm. It's like you're having a conversation about 
what you're eating and the food is average and you're like this food is so fucking average like uh, <laughs> it's like if it was really terrible or really amazing it would maybe make more sense to cuss but it's like you're still talking about what food you're eating but you're literally at war or furious about your enemy then it's i don't know didn't bother me as much again fair enough uh I mean, I'm a big stickler for dialogue. I thought the dialogue overall was good. The cussing just felt forced to me for whatever reason. And then the last thing, which I won't go over much because we already talked about it, is the short, uh, well, not just the pacing of the episodes, but not enough episodes. I just, hopefully it's successful enough, which we'll talk about the numbers in a minute here, um, that it creates a bigger book two, as it were, because eight episodes at 25 minutes is like nothing. That's like how much I watch on a regular basis every day. So that's nothing. Uh, I know for you, you it's think... like a monthly thing, or yearly <laughs> for that matter. Do you think, so So, what do you want? Like, what do you hope for? Do you hope for 16 episodes of this length? Is it just eight episodes with the full 30 minutes? Or I mean, I, I wouldn't mind like Last Airbender style or uh, Korra where, I mean, each season differentiates, but let's just say 15 mm -hmm. to 20 episodes in a season and about 20, if, how long were they? Were they 20, 20 minutes? I'm not sure. But what I, that show is really good. So I, I had the impression that. that was it that the story for twenty four episodes was already written, or am I making this up? Did I read this somewhere? Yeah, maybe. Because, like, I I'm not I'm not one hundred percent sure, so I'm not going to state this as fact. But I just remember seeing something like the the it was planned for twenty four episodes so, or whatever. But maybe they were meant to be thirty minutes. Maybe the twenty-four episodes was meant to be two seasons or whatever, I and mean, then even if it's short, even if it's thirty minutes, so. eight episodes is not enough. So if they get renewed, I hope that they, if that's true, the sixteen episodes is just one, the next season. That's but, season two, and then there's more. Right? Yeah, because there's infinite amount of characters you can bring into this, so it's not like you're running out of story to tell, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Anyway, my rating is eight out of ten, so quite good. Uh, it's really cool to see Dota. It was actually surreal seeing Dota on. I don't know if you want to call this the big screen, whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, yeah. And it's definitely one of the best video game-based adaptations I've ever seen. Not that that's saying much, because usually it's absolute garbage, but this was a good show. But yeah. considering I just got done watching Last Airbender earlier last year, and then Korra, it's not as good as those shows for sure. Those are like 9.5s, if not 10s. Those are really, really good. But this has a lot of promise. And I thought it was really good. So let's talk about some of the characters. Who did you like the most? Invoker? Uh, yeah, I think I liked Invoker the most. And then second most, probably Marcy. <laughs> yeah. I think I think it's really, it's it's a very interesting choice. First of all, I think it's a bold choice to have a mute character. Um, but I also, I think, I find it really interesting how much you can have a character like say without using words, right? I find that like a really interesting thing to depict like how much Marcy actually feels like she's communicating in the show. Mm -hmm. um, so I found that really cool. I think Invoker's story is the best. Oh yeah. Um, oh. I love his like, I really like his motivation. I feel like he gets, he gets a lot more explained than Selimene does. Like, mm -hmm. it almost feels like the story is told from Invoker's perspective, where it's True. like you don't really get to hear why Selimene does what she does. She just gets presented as an evil person, basically. It's almost like Invoker is saying, this is who Selimene is. Um, there's probably some backstory and some past that would enlighten us a little bit with what's going on, but Invoker's character is super interesting. 
Um, I guess my least favorite character, if I had to choose out of the major ones, is probably Dragon Knight, I guess. Davion could be... I don't know. I, I like them all. Like, do I have to pick one that I dislike? No. I, I just I didn't that say on you had to pick some reason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Invoker, Invoker, is, Invoker is definitely uh, the coolest story. I think it's also the fan favorite from what I've gathered. A lot of people yeah. really like the Invoker story. It was really well done, his storyline. Uh, the fact that he has a kid, I don't know if that's canon, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he's been stuck in the tower for a thousand years now thinking about revenge. That's so cool. Uh, Marana was... First of all, it actually tripped me up that they kept calling it Princess of the Moon. And then Nikki looked it up. And obviously... She's called in, that in Dota 2. Yeah, in Warcraft 3, she was Priestess of the Moon. And then right. she was implemented into Dota 2 as Priestess of the Moon. And then they changed it shortly after. And I apparently never got the memo. I literally yeah. didn't know she was Princess, Princess. of the Moon, yeah. which is weird. Checks out. Uh, the whole... I, the fact that they brought back the voice actor. I mean, we knew this beforehand for Slyrak, uh, mm -hmm. the dragon. Is really cool. Um, apparently, Davian will be consumed by him in the future. So interested to see what they do with that storyline because they did it a little bit differently, right? And uh, there were some complaints about how it was uh, implemented because in the lore, Dragon Knight finds Slyrak and he's like basically dead already, right? And he's hmm. doing him a favor by killing him. But that's not exactly how it worked out because he was very Pretty powerful. Close though. I mean, he was kind of dying there. Yeah, he, no, I think. Yeah, if you skip to that part, but. You're saying that in the lore, they just skipped by the terror blade consuming the one right. guy getting to right, that right. point. Like, it's a little bit different in the lore, at least what people perceive, but it didn't really bother me. Um, hmm. Luna is a fucking psychopath, which is awesome. I that's so cool to just have like the moon glaives just cutting people's heads off. That was that was sick, man. We got to see a little bit of Starstorm action from Marana. We got to see some eclipse or lucent beams. I have to watch it again, by the way. I definitely want to watch that again. Selimani was maybe the least interesting character for me because it felt it wasn't forced like I was talking about. That's the thing I liked about it. It wasn't like forced liking or disliking, but uh or being more one-dimensional. But she's probably the most one-dimensional in the show. She's basically like a cult leader. There's no redeeming qualities really. Uh which I'm interested to see in season 2 if they end up bringing up like you said a different storyline to maybe yeah. shed some light cuz just very one-dimensional. That was the only character that I was like, eh, kind of met on. Like, if you compare it to Terrorblade, right? Terrorblade is the evil guy of the show. He's the the true villain, if you want to call it that. But mm -hmm. at least there's a presented motivation, right? He's fueled by some sort of desire to accomplish something. Right. There's something he wants. With Selimena, it's just like, like, what is her exact motivation for doing what she's doing? She just wants, she wants to be worshipped uh, and wants power, but we don't really know how she got to that state uh, of, like, it, it's, it's, there's, it's just feel, it feels like there's something missing. I, that's the best way I can explain it. Like, there's some sort of motivation that's a little bit lacking there. Like, what is she trying to accomplish? With Terrible, it's very obvious what he's trying to accomplish, right? Um, and that, yeah, he doesn't really need more motivation than just being greedy and wanting to re reconstruct the world in his own image, right? He just wants ultimate power. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really... I don't know. Maybe Selimane is just there and she's she's evil. <laughs> it's kind of feels like yeah, it feels like so she's much. just there to progress the story. And again, some of yeah. it might be missing in translation or will be coming in future seasons. But it's not yeah. like I hate the character. It's fine. It's just there to exist. 
Uh, you mentioned Terrible. I, I kind of would agree with that. I actually take back what I said about DK. I think Selimani is the least interesting so far. Terrorblade is basically evil incarnate. He's kind of just there as well, but he, I think he does it in a more interesting way. Yes. Um, I feel like they could have gone into his lore a bit more because, I mean, we went over his lore, just the basic nature of it. It sounds really cool. Escaping from prison, they kind of just glossed over that. I feel like that's kind of a missed opportunity. And then for all the new characters, you have Caden, who I thought was really awesome, which I wouldn't mind being a hero as well. Uh, <clears throat> Fimrin the elf, it's like an illusion-based hero, which I hope doesn't come to the game because that sounds awful. But she was a, I, I liked her as hey, a character. More illusions. Bram didn't really get much time in the sun uh, for this. It gets basically the courier. Marcy, like you said, awesome character. Imagine Marcy is the lore. new hero and it just has no voice lines. <laughs> that saves a it's lot just, of money. That's the motivation. It's just there. You just click it around. It doesn't respond. It just does stuff and smiles. <laughs> yeah, just I, silently kills people on the map. That I think maybe, awesome. I maybe it's supposed to pay homage to all the people that are pre-muted before every game that you play of Dota, right? It's in honor of the toxicity in the Dota community. But she was a cool character. I think the most underrated character, the one that's overlooked the most, that I find, okay, other than Invoker, who I think they did a slam dunk on, for me, this is the most interesting, unexplored character that I am so intrigued by that I hope to God they put more in the limelight. That is the shopkeeper, Cinderin. Yeah, I knew he you were going to say sounds fucking awesome. He sounds divine in nature. People, gods themselves, won't break the rules of the shopkeeper. Dude, he sounds legit. He sounds yeah. really cool. I hope they do something cool with that because that's, for me, the most intriguing going forward. Um, yeah. But yeah, the show itself, I loved. Uh, just a couple things in, in relation to the show. They came out with a Bass Hunter YouTube video in homage to his old... Uh, music video that he made i know a lot of people don't know what this is but this is old school very cool to see brings back a lot of nostalgia a lot of good memories for me um he's swedish i believe right yes correct uh and then in terms of the actual viewership we don't know like the actual numbers but it's top 10 on netflix for a bunch of countries not the u.s but a bunch of countries like uh, russia ukraine was it like Singapore, something like that? Yeah. Number and one in the Philippines, actually. Number um, one in the Philippines, okay. And then In for- the Philippines, I, I wanted to mention this just really quickly because I found that interesting as well. It's like Netflix, I don't know who did the marketing for this. Uh, it probably wasn't Valve because it has marketing. But they're... <laughs> That's a bold they're, statement. There's a couple of... They're, <laughs> they're making a pretty... A couple of pretty informed moves, let's call it that. Like digging into the base hunter reference as a medium yeah. and a way of like drawing audience is you know whoever suggested or had this idea great idea uh and i'm not sure if you're aware of this one but there's a really really known song uh called i don't know, i'm gonna try to pronounce it dota Oaho, i think it is from the philippines which okay. means dota or gf i think it had like 25 million views on youtube or something dota the original or GF? one it's by aiki and I think he's had different features on it. There's been like different versions. They redid that one as well for oh, this. I so didn't like see the that. Philippines has its own Dota song as well. That's that hilarious for this one. Yeah, um, dude. Netflix, can you take over game development of Dota? <laughs> Your marketing is incredible. Holy shit! Right, Chad to... is saying it's just Oako. I'm gonna trust Sajidin on this, but there's one. The reason I said it the way I did. There's one time during the song that the original was like a whole. Anyway. Ako. Dota Oako. 
close enough. Very, I'll have I to guess. watch it after this. Um, you don't know that one. I'm surprised no. Nikki hasn't eh, shown you that. Maybe actually. I've seen it. I just don't remember. It's possible. I don't know. She anyway, must know about this one. In terms There's of no the way. top 10 TV shows worldwide for Netflix, it is number seven. That is really encouraging. That is And I think, good. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe this doesn't mean anything, but I feel like that should ensure a couple more seasons at the very least. So that's fucking awesome. Um, and then in terms of the tomato reading, uh, tomato rating, the critics, as always, were wrong and gave it a 67%. And the audience, which is always right, 93%. Well done, audience. You've done well. Uh, overall, even 67% is considered a positive rating. So that is yeah. good stuff. So I guess last thing I want to ask you about the anime. Is there a specific hero from the anime that is not currently a hero that you would like to be a hero? Obviously, uh, you're going to say all of them, but if you had to choose one, yeah, who and why? I mean, it's a bit hard to... The only one you even saw anything from was Fimrin, right? And that I'm going to say I think the new hero is Fimrin just because that's the one hero that felt like we got to see some actual spells from that we don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of feel like that's leading that what is it Fimran does? Fimran has like these glaive, like what what do you call these weapons? Are they called like is it called a cestus? I think that sounds like a, I mean? sounds like a cyst. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I think she has. It's called a cestus. Uh, anyway, um, she has the thing where she just fades from vis, from vision. She has this like split out, making copies of herself in like formation. I feel like when she makes those copies, they're always in like some sort of similar like <clears throat> mathematical pattern almost. Um, so it kind of feels like the kind of thing that would be in the game. Anyway, that's my guess. What would I like to see the most? I mean, first of all, we saw you... spells from Caden, actually. Did we? We did see Caden do stuff. Did we? With his Chaos Blade. Oh, that's more... Yeah, so Caden's Blade, for those that don't know, we brought this up before, but it's it's been an item in Underlords for quite a while. It's It basically deals pure damage to the target. That's what it does in mm-hmm. Underlords, so... If it were to but come... he also teleported something that Dragon Knight couldn't do, right? Like okay. Davion hasn't been able to do some of the things that Caden did okay. in fight. Yeah, in I combat. need to watch it again. Caden had I these like, Caden teleported. He like vanished and just reappeared behind the dragon when he fought it. Hmm. So okay. he definitely has some sort of magic in that blade that Davion doesn't. Um, so I think well, which characters are there to choose from? Fimrin, Salamene, Caden. Bram, Marcy. It? Yeah, Marcy, I guess. Shopkeeper. <laughs> I, 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 I don't really know what Bram would do as a hero. He'd just be there. Like, yeah. He's just like another courier. He'd be a bard. You. He'd like sing. <laughs> um, I think overall, the one I would like to see the most is probably Fimrin. So, okay, that's I the one I think I would like to see the least one. because the skills did not look like it would be fun in Dota. I don't want another illusion so hero. So what please. other skills did you see? I mean, again, I have to watch it again, but okay. now that I'm remembering Caden, it sounds pretty cool. Like, Caden would be cool, and I, it's mm-hmm. not going to be a persona, because that doesn't make sense. It's a, right. That's an entirely new hero. He's not a dragon. He's a dragon knight. He doesn't turn into a dragon, so mm-hmm. his skills would be totally different to, right. uh, to DK himself, to Davian. Marcy, like, I know a lot of people want Marcy as a character. She just All she showed was she has superhuman strength, which it feels like every hero in Dota does. And it's just like a human even though I love the character in the show, I don't think it would be a cool hero, but I could be wrong. I'm going to say, if I had to choose one, it would be Caden. 
I also don't think that the new hero will be anime related. That is my guess. I think it's unrelated okay. at all. I, I guess we did see Selimene cast some spells too, but oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't I really connect them with Dota because it's kind of like invokers, just like these insanely huge incantations of power that don't like correspond to Dota, right? Like invoker didn't cast a Dota spell. He cast something bigger. So Selimene spells, I don't really think they would be like a clue or whatever. There's was like, this just like huge, like beams of, just nuked a village or whatever it was, I mean, right? Look at it so. this way. And I'm not saying this won't happen, that a hero from this won't be a new hero in Dota, but do you really think Valve talked to them and said, hey, let's coordinate a new hero to come along? I, I really don't. That doesn't sound like Valve to me, personally. Uh, I think if you had to choose one that's most likely, I think it would it's be Selimene. Right? No, I think it would be no, Selimene. Oh, okay. Because it's such a, it's a, it's a big character. Like, Fimran, you could say, is kind of, it's not a... It's not a side character necessarily. It's kind of in between, but Selimani is a main character, one of the main characters of the show. You don't feel like Fimran is a main character? No. I mean, maybe it will be in the I future. I feel like, is a main I feel like in this anime, she was just one of the characters. Uh, Selimani was a bigger character, I guess is what I'm trying I think to say. Fimran got about the same screen time. Am I wrong in saying that? Mm. Not that that is necessarily the guideline for who's a main character, but. They spent plenty of time explaining Fimran's like background story, what her motivation is. Um, she's part of a lot of key moments in the show. So I, I, eh, I put I her on like tier three. Not a main character. But. I put her as a tier three character in this show. Tier one is like tier three character. Davian below the shopkeeper. Shopkeeper's tier zero. He's in a tier of his own. But Davian Marana is like the tier ones, and then Invoker, Selimene, Luna. Those are like tier twos. Yeah. Anyway, I enjoyed the show. You enjoyed the show. Yeah. Big surprise. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I went in with my expectations were not super high, but also not super low. And I was pleasantly surprised still. I think it outperformed my expectations, especially after watching other Studio Mir productions. So, yep. Okay. I think that brings this episode to an end. We have no Patreon mailbag. So if you're in. Uh, if you're part of the patron list, make sure to ask questions or else we won't answer any. We don't make them up anymore. Run out of things to talk about, it seems. All right. We have so, enough to talk about this episode. That's true. This was a long one, so we probably wouldn't have done one anyway. Anyway, thanks for watching, everybody. Thank you to Elgato for powering this episode. Until next time, Suns Fan Cinderin signing out. Goodbye. We say things that don't mean anything. But thanks for listening. Yeah.